Eli, Eli, Eli. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this Bible verse, Bible study on Eli. But we know, according to the book of Samuel, you know, a priest, he, he's a priest and a judge of the Israelites in the city of Shiloh, which is ancient Israel, right? When Hannah came to Shiloh to pray for her son, Eli initially accused her of, you know, being drunk. We know about Hannah. Uh, Hannah. Uh, she couldn't have kids. Penina was just being Penina, literally mocking her and making her feel like she was less than. Uh, so she went to the temple and Eli saw her. We know about Eli because um, Hannah gave her son to Eli to raise. Yes, Lord, I hear you. Hannah called, uh, gave, you know, her son Samuel to Eli. And Eli had a school where he, he basically, you know, taught little Samuel how to hear God and how to literally um, walk in his purpose. So let's look at First Samuel 3. The Lord speaks to Samuel. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. So he was an assistant to Eli, right? He was like, you know, a little shepherd boy, you know, a little uh, um, cup bearer. He was like, you know, basically an assistant. Uh, if Eli needed something, Eli needed water, he would pour water. He was a poor, you know, like a armor bearer in a way, right? Now, in those days... Messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite quite uncommon. So God wasn't speaking as much to the people. Why? Because they were in sin. To the people, because it was you know God is always speaking, but when He's silent, He's silent. And majority of the time, people are like, "Oh, I don't hear God." Well, take out take out your Bible, open it, read it out loud. That's the voice of God. <laughs> I heard that joke from somebody, a pastor. 
He's like, you, 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 he, he was like, you don't hear the Lord's voice? Hold on. Get your Bible. Read it. Start from Genesis. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And what? Who is speaking? God is speaking, right? So um, the people did not hear. You know, the, the voice of the Lord was not there as much. Visions were very rare. I feel like it's, it's like how we are now. In, in, in today's world. People really don't spend time with the Lord. And their sin, sin separates us from God. Sometimes when you don't hear God, it's because you are in sin. Or it's because he's already told you to do something and you're not doing it. And so he's quiet until you do it. Right? Sometimes the Holy Spirit will leave you alone. If he keeps telling you something to do and you don't do it, he'll leave you. So we, we see that here. During this time, it was very rare to hear the voice of the Lord and to see visions. So one night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. So Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. Eli was old at that time. You know, I think that his, his physical Difficulty was not just physical, but also spiritual. Because Eli was, even though he's a priest in the house, we're going to see later on that he, he was bad in his eyes to sin that was happening in the place. And that, that's why I'm talking about this, because God was talking to me about a specific leader. Um, and when you bat your eyes, when you turn the other way to sin that is happening in your ministry you are not gonna be able to walk in power or in glory that the lord wants you to walk in i remember one time even for myself i was like lord i don't i don't sense your angels around me like i used to anymore what's going on and he said you are tolerating a sin that not you, you are not the one doing the sin, but somebody is doing the sin and you're tolerating it. Meaning that you're not, you are, you are connecting yourself with somebody who you know is living in sin. And because of that, you are, you, the anointing, the, 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 the ability to tap deeper in the realm of the spirit is not available to you because you have, you've connected yourself to somebody who is in sin and is okay with that. And so I remember that when I finally disconnected from that person, I, it's like it's like I went deeper in the realm of the spirit. It's like I was able to sense angels around me more than I used to. I was it was like when I connected with the person, that realm just halted. When I disconnected, that realm opened up again. So sometimes your blindness is because of who you're connected to or what you're not, what you are tolerating. What you're tolerating. You might not be the one doing it, but you're tolerating it. God, okay, just like, like uh, the Lord told um, the people in Revelation, the churches in Revelation, you are tolerating Jezebel. It's not that it's not that you have recog- you have acknowledged that there is a Jezebel, but you are tolerating that spirit. There's a difference between I don't see it and I see it and I'm tolerating it. 
God puttings you when you don't see it. But when you see it and you're tolerating it, then he, he, he has to do something, okay? So the lamp of God had not yet gone out, meaning that, you know, uh, it, was, it was still a time of fellowship, right, with the Lord. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. The fire was still burning in the place. Some of you, you feel like, oh, you feel like, you know, you're missing um, the voice of God because you feel like, you know, you are, you're sleeping. No, God can wake you up when you're sleeping, okay? He knows how to wake you up when you're sleeping, all right? Near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. Samuel did not... Excuse, uh, seven. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. I had a Samuel moment many years ago. I was standing... In my bedroom, I was having a very difficult moment in my life. I already knew the voice of God, but I'd never heard him so audibly before in my life, ever. That was the first time I ever heard the audible voice of God. So I was standing there, and then I heard my name being called. And then I went to the door. I looked up. I looked, I looked at the little hole, and I'm like, nobody's there I went back to the same spot. I heard my name again. I I was like, wait, I'm I'm the only one in here. Who is calling? I was like, who is is at my door playing games? I went there, looked at it again. Nobody was there. The voice was familiar to me. But I, I was not able to know where it was coming from. And then the Lord called me again. And this time I didn't go to the the door. I realized, wait, God is calling me. His voice was calling me. It wasn't like, you know, somebody's strange voice. It was like a voice that I knew. I've heard this voice before. So I can understand why Eli, I mean, why Samuel kept going to Eli. I kept, I kept going to the door because I thought that somebody I knew was at the door. But actually, I was already in the midst of the person I knew. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed.
when the Lord called me a third time, I knew it was him. I didn't ask him to speak to me. I didn't ask him, what is he saying? He was just introducing himself to me a different way than I ever had before. The next couple of times, I kept hearing a knock on my door. In the morning, I would just hear this knock, bam, 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 bam. Now get up. Now go to my door. I look at my door. Nobody's there. I open my door. Nobody is there. And I'm like, I literally went out to see if anybody was like at the stairs. Nobody was there. The Lord was using different ways to get my attention because it was a season that I had to shift. Sometimes when there's a shift that's happening, God will use different ways to show you to hear him so that you can recognize his voice and know what he's doing. So I pray that you will get that this, this Samuel and God moment. If you've never had that experience, it is very profound. All right. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I'm reading from the, the NLT version. I am going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming, blaspheming, blaspheming God, blaspheming God. And he hasn't disciplined them. This is where God was talking to me about the leader. And I, I believe this might not be just for this leader. Now, I don't want to say if it's a he or she or the name. I don't want to. This is not part of it. But God was telling me to, to teach about this because judgment is coming to leaders. Okay? He's about to do some shocking things. But before he does that, he want to bring conviction. He want to bring um, warning. Because we see, the, we see here that before God sends judgment, he sends warning. He warns Eli. He said, I've warned Eli many times that they blasphemy God. His sons are blaspheming you know, God. And he hasn't disciplined them. Like he see it, but he, he's not doing anything about it. 14. So I, I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be for, forgiven by sacrifices or orphans. So instead of Eli discipline his children, he's making sacrifices. He's giving offering and sacrifices. That's not what God wants. God doesn't want you to sacrifice and give because you've sinned. He wants you to confess and turn away from your sin. You can give $1 million and you've committed a horrible sin. You can falsely accuse somebody and go to, the off, you know, go to church and, and give $1,000 and, and, and feed the hungry and, and, and you know, do all kind of great things. But if you don't go on your knees and confess your sin and actually go and make things right and go back to the people that you, you falsely accused a person to and said, hey, I was wrong. I'm sorry, but I did, I didn't, that person is not what I said they were. 
God is not going to look at how, what you're doing. It's not by mind. It's not by power. It's by the spirit of the Lord. He don't care if you fed 50,000 homeless people. If you've not disciplined yourself or disciplined the people that need to be disciplined. You can give him all that you want. You can do, you can sacrifice 50 goats, sheep. You can do all you want. But like that alarm, alarm that you, you hear, that alarm is still going off. The sin has not been repented. You've not disciplined. So here is Eli giving offerings and sacrifices. But God is like, that's not what I want. I want you to discipline them. And that's what God is saying to many leaders. And the reason why God was telling me that this specific leader um, has an Eli spirit is because, or mentality, more so Eli mentality, is because this, this specific leader sees the sins that the, the, the team that this leader is part of is not, is doing. This leader sees it, the, that the people on this leader's team are living lifestyles that are not right. They're, they're living sinful. And I'm not going to say what they're you know, doing, but they're, they're living not good things, not good lifestyle. Right before the leader's face, the leader sees it. But the leader is not saying anything. And because of that, God's voice, God's hand, God's anointing is not as strong on that leader. Because that leader could move in so much power, if only. And the reason is because the leader doesn't want to say anything because the leader fears people are going to leave. And, you know, of course, you can't do it a big ministry like that without, you know, people. Nobody can do ministry without people. You need people. So the leader fears that, oh, if, if the leader says something, the people are going to leave. But God is saying, did, did the people give you the vision or did he give you the vision? Did, did, did the Lord bring the people or did you bring the people? You have to be able to speak up even if it's not going to give you applause as a leader. Because your ministry is going to suffer. You are going to suffer. You're not going to walk in all the power and authority that God want to give you. Because you're batting your eye to your sons and daughters that are living in sin. And you don't want to say it. You don't want to speak up and say that's not. You know the word of God. You know the word of God says that's a sin. You got to tell them. You got to say it. Would you rather hang out and do ministry and go to events and have lunch and dinner and all of that with them and then go stand in front of the Lord's face and say, and God tell you, I never knew you? How, how sad would that be? How sad would that be? Yeah, you can take pictures and Tell people everything that you're doing in ministry and you're traveling and doing this and this, that, that, that. But if you do all of that and you go before the Lord and you say, Oh, Lord, I, 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 I ministered your name and I, I cast out demons and I prophesied and I healed the sick and I did this. Da, 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 da. And the Lord says, I never knew you. 
would you want that sin, the sins of other people, to cause you to stand in front of God's face and he said, I never knew you. No, you, you don't want that. So, that's one of the reasons that majority of leaders don't want to say anything because they feel like they're going to lose people. You already lost them. They already lost in your house. You already lost in your team. You're already lost in your ministry. Because if, God forbid, but if they die right now, you're going to hell. They already lost. But you got to be the one to say something. You know what you're doing. You see it. I never, I never leave, and I want to say this, I never leave a ministry or a, a, um, a church because I want to leave. I leave when God tells me to leave. I could be in the ministry, in the church, and people could be gossiping about me. And I always know it. I always know what they're saying. I always know. Sometimes, you know, sometimes God will reveal it to me to see how, how, how I'm going to respond, to see if I'm still going to stay. There are times where God will, will reveal those things to me. He wants me to know what's around me, who's around me. But he knows that he showed it to me, and he knows that I can handle him showing it to me. And he will say, I want you to still stay in this ministry or still stay in this church until I tell you it's time for you to go. Every time I leave a ministry or a church, it's because God has told me it's time for me to go. He, he shifted me somewhere else. Or, or he, he just shifted me to be with him. Every time I leave a church, there's a different church that God is leading me to. He always leads me to a different church. Every time he leads me out. So when I leave a ministry, God will lead me out and say, it's time for you to leave. Sometimes he'll be like, I just want you to just spend time with me. And sometimes he'd be like, I have another ministry for you. So, if a leader chastised me and say, hey, this is what I, you know, you did, I, I don't like it. I take it with a grain of salt and I'm like, okay. That's not why I will leave a ministry. I always leave a ministry when God says, it's time for you to leave. And majority of the time, I don't want to leave. Most of the time, when God tells me it's time for me to leave, I don't want to leave. But when I want to leave, he's like, it's not time for you to leave yet. So, if you're, if you're, if, if the people are truly on your team, you should be able to, 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 to chastise them. And tell them, hey, I, I see that you're fornicating. Hey, I see that you're dabbling in this type of sin, and you know what God did in that, with, with the people who did that. I see that you're doing this, and da, da, da. you can, uh, what God is telling me is like, the leader is just saying, oh, Holy Spirit, just minister to them. Holy Spirit, just minister to them. No, God want you to be the voice to them, because they don't, they, they don't hear the, they don't hear the Holy Spirit. Just like Eli's sons, they don't hear the Holy Spirit. They don't, they have, 
the Holy Spirit has told them they have silenced their ears to the Holy Spirit. They are at the point where it's like they have ears to hear, but they don't hear. They have eyes to see, but they don't see. They are at this point where they are blind. They don't have visions. and They don't see. They don't hear. Okay? So you are the one who's supposed to say something to them. Eli. Because God has warned. This is your warning. And the other part that God was telling me uh, concerning, well, the, the pastor on the radio was talking about how, um, about Eli, why Eli could not confront his kids. And this is the first time I ever heard this revelation from the pastor. The pastor said, could it be that Eli himself was dabbling in that same sin? Sometimes it's kind of hard for you to speak against something if you yourself is dabbling in, in it, right? So could it be that Eli himself was dabbling in some of the sins that his sons were dabbling in? We don't know. The, the, the Bible doesn't say it, but, you know, that could be something to, to think about. Why can't you confront them? Is it because you, you yourself, you're living in, in, in sin? So I want us to just end here. The next time I'm going to do part two where I'm going to talk about 1 Samuel 3, 15 to um, 21. Um, because I want to just leave you with the Lord. If you are somebody who is in Eli position before God speaks judgment to Samuel to tell you. Um, I want you to really go to the Lord. If you're a leader of a ministry, a church a team, really go to God and ask God, am I an Eli? And if, I'm in, if I am an Eli, what have I not, who have I not been disciplining? Who have I turned my other eye to? Who have I not confronted about their sin? And when did I not heed to your warning? God want to give you time to repent before part two. So I hope you take time. Please read 1 Samuel 3. Because God is sending judgment, okay? He's sending judgment to these houses. And before he does that, he wants to have a one-on-one -on -one talk with you. And some of you are convicted right now because you know people in your team, people in your ministry, in your churches that are your sons and daughters that are blaspheming God and doing things that are crazy. You know you're secretly doing things, but you don't want to say anything. If you don't know, ask God to show it to you, and he will. Oh, he, he don't mind revealing it again to you so that you see it for yourself. There are times where God will tell me something about somebody. And I'm like, no, I don't think they would ever do that, Lord. And I'm like, okay, show me. And he just showed me right in front of my face. I'm like, okay. Okay, Lord. God knows how to show you right in front of your face. All right? So take time and just talk to the Lord. 
because he wants to um, help you gain wisdom in how to discipline your sons and daughters. Okay? In love. In love. I remember one time I went to this uh, conference and my first time there, and this one of this lady, part of the team of the minister there, she was calling me all these. She, she, that's the first time she ever met me. She was calling me all these names, and she, she thought I didn't know. She was calling me all these words, these names. She would come pass by, and she was just behaving very, just like a, like a, I feel like, I feel like when I looked at her, I feel like she was, she was like a middle schooler. But she's an old, she, she is grown. She has a daughter. And at this conference, which is like a, you know, conference, like a lot of people from all different countries come together. And I was just looking at her like, I mean, you're supposed to be on the prayer team. You don't need to come around me and do stuff with your hand and, you know, talk to people about me and, you know, pass by and just say this horrible things. When you when you walk with the Lord, you you can be far away from the person and pray and decree and declare and plead the blood of Jesus. I realized she was just being used by, you know, a spirit. I didn't even waste time. And what I was doing, I was praying to the Lord. I was like, Lord, you got to minister to the minute to the leader to to have the leader minister to her. Because the leader is under her. And then finally, the, sec- the third day or the fourth, the third day, I think the third or second day of, of the conference, I saw the leader telling her to come and talking to her. And I'm like, thank you for answering my prayer. And then later on, the Lord is like, the leader has, has a, um, an Eli mindset. The leader is, is scared to confront sometimes. Because the, the leader thinks that people will just get up and leave. And the, and the ministry is huge. So the ministry is big. So, she, you know, the leader might not have people to help. But the Lord is telling me to tell you, if you obey me, I'll bring more people than you could ever even have space or even have assignment for them. There will be, be people waiting on the side to just have work to do. That's how much he want to bless you with people. If only you can discipline the ones that you have now. How do you expect him to add to you more people if you don't know how to discipline the one you have now? So think about that and pray about that. God bless you all. Part two is next week. Love you all. Blessings. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Amen. At the feet of the king is a constant offering around the throne of the Lord. They never cease to sing. At the feet of the king is a common thing. They cry.